One of the biggest mistakes I made early on as a leader in ministry is I would tell people what I wanted us to do. Like, I want us to grow. I want us to reach people far from God. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. But I didn't tell people why I wanted to do it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Well, welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can grow, your church should grow, and that your personal growth as a leader absolutely makes a difference. Now, when I say we... Um, many of you are used to Logan um, being on the show with us. <clears throat> Logan was actually abducted by aliens, and we've just <laughs> managed to get her back. So she will be making some appearances in the future. But um wanted to thank those of you that were asking about her. Today, we're going to deal with the subject, the three reasons churches struggle with growth. Now, these aren't the only reasons, but they're reasons um, that I, as I sat down and began to list out some things, I had like seven and, and then five, and I narrowed it down to three. Um, and, and there are basically three reasons that churches struggle with growth. Now, before I even get into the podcast today, I think one of the things that church leaders have to do is stop feeling guilty about their church or their ministry wanting to grow. Um, it's almost like there's church growth shaming or ministry growth shaming that if we want our churches to grow and reach more people for Christ, somehow that's become something bad, which I don't understand because if more people show up to an athletic event, college football is coming up, and so as the team begins to win more and more, then more and more people show up. Um, it just means that victory is happening, that victory is being celebrated. Nobody goes, I'm not going to that football team anymore because they don't play real football. No, they're winning. Um, if a concert is sold out, I just had a friend that went to see Luke Combs, and it was absolutely a phenomenal experience. I wasn't there. He was there. Um, but he said it was unbelievable. It was sold out, and it's and it wasn't sold out because Luke Combs, quote, doesn't sing real country music. It it was sold out because he is an excellent entertainer. Um, if a restaurant has a long wait list and we can't get into it, it's because the food and the service is amazing, not because it's a horrible restaurant that doesn't serve real food. Um, we know this when it comes to athletics, concerts, and restaurants, but somehow when a church grows, um, the biggest attack, first of all, is not from atheist groups or agnostic groups. It's from other churches or church people saying, well, if the church is growing, they must be doing something wrong, like not preaching the gospel or compromising, or it's a feel-good church, which, can I just stop and say, is it wrong to have a feel-good church? I mean, at what point in the Bible do we see that we're supposed to have feel-bad churches? Um, and, and just a side note, guilt is a horrible long-term motivation strategy. Maybe there'll be a podcast on that in the future. So today, 
I just wanted to dive into three of the main reasons that churches in America and, and all over the world really struggle with growth. Number one is comfort. Comfort. Now, all of us love to be comfortable. I love a comfortable bed. I love a comfortable chair. I love a comfortable um, car ride. You know, the leather seats. With the, they got air-conditioned seats now. It's the, oh, it's amazing. Anyway, so I love to be comfortable. comfortable. But when a church falls in love with the way things are, or specifically when a leader falls in love with the way things are, we are dangerously close to becoming a dinosaur. One of the popular things that gets said for churches that are um, consumed with comfort is um, the people in the church say, I want to go to a church where everybody knows everybody. And on the surface, that sounds like an amazing statement. I mean, after all, everybody does want to be known, um, or everybody wants to feel wanted and welcomed. That's, that's huge. But at the end of the day, as we read the Gospels, the church was never supposed to be about everybody knowing everybody, but everybody knowing Jesus and then loving everybody, which, by the way, if we're going to really love people, that's very uncomfortable. Um, and by the way, if we took the approach, what if we took that approach, I'm not going to go somewhere that everybody doesn't know everybody. Well, we would never go to an athletic event. We would never go to Target or Walmart. We would never go to a restaurant. We would never go to a gas station because we don't know everybody there. For some reason, that standard only seems to work in church world. Now, I understand people loving systems and routines, but at the end of the day, um, Church people, sometimes we get too comfortable with our parking spot, our place to sit, our routine, and you know it's, it becomes that crazy thing where if somebody's sitting in our seat, um, even if they're new, even if they don't know the, the gospel, they've never heard Jesus about Jesus since the first time to church, we get mad because it takes us out of our comfort zone. But if churches are really going to do whatever it takes to reach people far from God, then we've got to be willing to step out of our comfort zone and do whatever it takes. Because Jesus said, um, if you're going to follow me, take up your cross. He did not say, if you're going to follow me, take up your mattress. Now, I learned this the hard way because at the very first church I served, I was there maybe about three or four weeks, and they asked me to preach on a Sunday night. Um, before I got there, the week before I got there, the church split. Um, it literally, like half the people left, the pastor left, the music minister left. And so when I got there, I'd been a Christian less than a year, and I was the only staff member. Welcome to ministry. So I preached on that Sunday night, and I was passionate about we were going to reach people far from God. I, I came from a church that was um, all about evangelism, and I remember after the service, a lady came up to me, and she said, you know, Perry, um, I know you're excited about wanting to reach more people, but we kind of like things the way they are. And I was like, walk me through that. And she told me, you know, this is a place where everybody knows everybody, which, by the way, wasn't true. Um, there had been people that had been going to that church for 40 years and didn't know other people that had been going to that church for 40 years. So it was kind of ironic. 
Um, anyway, I realized that there's a lot of people in the church today that's gotten very comfortable, and there's a lot of church leaders that, if we're not careful, our biggest desire will be to keep the sheep happy rather than actually lead the sheep to reach more and more people for, for Jesus. And so comfort is one of the uh, top reasons that churches aren't growing today. The second reason is fear. Fear. Um, in the majority of churches in the United States, and this is across the board, everybody looks and acts and votes, by the way, the same. And with that being the case, a huge what if um, kind of lurks in the minds of people who look and act different. What if, what if they come to our church? What if those kinds of people come to our church? Because every church, for the most part, looks like a um, particular demographic, when in actuality, I think churches should look more like a footprint of the community that it's in. Um, the thought pattern of we don't want them coming here is completely motivated by fear. And as followers of Jesus, our primary motivation is supposed to be faith, not fear. Because think about this. If Jesus would have taken the approach that he was only going to welcome and embrace people that were just like him, we would all be royally screwed because none of us are just like him. None of, none of us. Jesus, I heard a leader say this one time, and it resonated me. Jesus liked people that were nothing like him, and people that were nothing like him liked him. And I believe that's the way our churches should be, that we should like people that are nothing like Jesus, and people that are nothing like Jesus should actually like our churches because that's the model that Jesus set out. Now, once again, it's like, oh my gosh, well, if the church gets too big, pause. The church is the only thing in the world we're worried about getting too big. Like, we don't worry about our bank account getting too big. Um, it's because we value money. When we value people the way God values people, we won't let that too big mentality sneak into our mindset. And in, the, in most churches, the average person knows about 35 to 40 people, knows, like, generally knows 35 to 40 people. The beautiful thing about a growing church and a bigger church is if you don't like your current <laughs> 35 to 40, you can move to another group of 35 to 40 very easy without even having to change churches. So, so let's review. There's comfort, there's fear, and then the third reason, the third reason is a lack of vision. A lack of vision. One of the biggest mistakes I made early on as a leader in ministry is I would tell people what I wanted us to do. Like, I want us to grow. I want us to reach people far from God. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. But I didn't tell people why I wanted to do it. And if you don't tell people why, they will fill in the gap with why they think you want to do it. So, oh, he just wants a bigger platform. He just wants more money. He just wants, she wants more recognition. If you don't tell people why, number one, it doesn't connect with their heart. And number two, they will fill in the gap. And 99% of the time, people are suspicious of church leaders anyway. They will fill in the gap with something that's really, really bad. Because when we tell people what, 
it engages their mind. But when we tell people why, it engages their heart. And once we engage the heart, that's where change can really take place. By the way, just a pause here. If you've never watched Simon Sinek's TED Talk, Start With Why, it is a must watch. And just go, just go to Google and type in Simon Sinek's TED Talk, Why, and it'll take you right there. It's 18 minutes long, and it'll be some of the best leadership you've ever looked at in your life. I'm not going to ruin it for you. It's a phenomenal talk. You need to go, you need to go check it out. Um, for me, the why has always been as people meet Jesus, their life changes slowly over time. And I think more people getting closer to Jesus is a, is a great thing for the community. It makes our schools better. It makes our homes better. It makes our politics better. It makes our lives better. If, if more and more people get closer and closer to Jesus. And for me, the why is really also based on something that I discovered in Scripture several years ago. Uh, most church leaders, all church leaders, everybody listening to this podcast is most, more than likely familiar with the Great Commission passage. It's where Jesus said in Matthew, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. I mean, we've got that one down. But what I found interesting is there's actually a Great Commission passage at the end of every gospel. So it's not just Matthew that gives the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's also Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Jesus gives a great commission in Luke chapter 24, verses 45 through 48. Specifically, verse 48, he tells his disciples, you are witnesses of these things. In John chapter 20, verse 21, um, John writes, and again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And in Acts chapter 1, which tells the history of the church, one of the very first things that, that Luke writes down for us is Jesus saying, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So church growth was not my idea, and it wasn't a denomination's idea. It was God's idea that was clearly communicated through Jesus. So once again, stop apologizing for wanting your church to grow. Because if you want to grow your church, it's not a guilt thing. It's a God thing. It's God that put that desire in our hearts. And it's something we should never apologize for. Let me review the three reasons that churches don't experience growth. Number one, it's comfort. And it's up to us as leaders to tell our people why comfort isn't our main priority in church. Um, number two is fear. And it's up to us as leaders to help people get past that fear and live by faith. And last but not least, a lack of vision. And it's not that we're telling, not telling our people what, but true vision is when we tell what we want to do and why we want to do it. That's it for this month on the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. I'm sorry, this week. In a couple of weeks, we're going to come back. I'm going to share with you three things we can do as leaders 
to help our church grow and reach more people. I hope you all have a phenomenal week. God bless, and the best is yet to come. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.